I'm late. No, you got here right on time. No, I'm late. It's the late show. Sorry, I'm late. You're too late. <laughs> the wizard is never late. Can I help you? Yeah, I, uh, I'm gonna see the show. But not to come late. You are late. You're late, man. Always late, huh? The hour goes late. You're late. I'm not paying for those. But is he already too late to save his friends? You're too late! And I'm like, dude. <laughs> you're not going from Mary Poppins to a savage killer. <laughs> I would say yes, it lives up to the hype. <laughs> what little hype I had for it, it was pretty damn good. Okay. Now, hey, right. what's going on? Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Helps if you're recording before you do that. Well, Though I, I know, was... I know you know what you were doing. Oh, okay. Oh, good. I was, I was yeah. doing a mic test. I know. Um, welcome. This is late to the show podcast with John Rosenblum and Jake Lavoy. So, hello. This week <laughs> we're doing a different kind of episode. We're not doing our normal shtick where we talk about one movie that we uh, haven't seen. One of us hasn't. Whatever the. You know, you know what we're about by now, you guys. <laughs> yeah, if handful. anyone's listening, they probably know. Oh, yeah, all the, one of Nick, five of Nick, Andrew, Jordan, Jordan, not mom. No. Neither moms. No, neither moms. Uh, Kate. She'll Kate. listen to this in three yeah. weeks. Uh, to, to all our fans, <laughs> all half dozen of you. What were we saying? Oh yeah, this this isn't our normal shit. No. This week we're talking about as uh, fucking. Pretentious as it sounds, the perfect movie. And we have a list of movies that we think are perfect in one or different ways. Yes. Yeah, this is uh, partly because, you know, what, two days ago we hadn't, we still hadn't watched anything, so, and had anything picked out. So, but I thought this would be an interesting topic to uh, discuss. Yeah, and then um, also on the Independence Day podcast, we mentioned trying to maybe throw in a few different type of episodes here and there like yeah. a, a montage, what about like a, a fucking a top 10 podcast episode uh, not even a top 10 but something in that in that essence way. where because uh, i think in the independence day when we talked about great monologues yes we're maybe doing an episode for that but that takes a little more research doing and this one was just like what movies do you like <laughs> yeah this is this is like the super subjective uh, you know, thing here. And by the way, John's gone on record by saying Godfather is maybe a perfect movie. It's not even on his list. No, 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 I, no. What I've said is the Godfather is the greatest movie ever made. Is what I said. Interesting that you wouldn't also call it a perfect movie. I don't think it's a perfect movie, but that does not necessarily mean a movie is the greatest movie ever made. Interesting. Yes. Ha. Huh. Well, do you want to get right into it? Do you want to explain yeah. the... I, I mean, we talked about the, the genesis of this episode. So. Yeah, I mean, I guess we should probably get, like I said before we started recording, we should probably define, you know, what we see. It, like, how maybe we personally define a uh, perfect movie. Because okay, perfect movie is, again, a very subjective, uh, subjective thing. Right. Yeah, by the way, uh, if you're getting offended by what you consider, or by what we consider a perfect movie, I mean, fine. <laughs> your perfect movie's different. We're just talking about our perfect movie. Exactly. Because you're listening to us. Yeah, you get your own podcast. <laughs> it's very easy, actually. It doesn't, not much overhead to do this. No. Um, <clears throat> we are currently in Jake Lavoie's office. 
I guess you'd call this. Second bedroom. Sec- spare yeah. bedroom in his apartment <laughs> that is being used as an office. Yes. Yes. Lots of junk lying around. Yes. Keyboard over there, books over here. Comic books. A couple of Jason figures. You might have seen that on the Instagram when we did the Friday the 13th episode. Yeah, my cat's cage artwork that's not on the wall, just leaning against the wall. A lot yeah. of books, a lot of action figures. So you can talk about perfect movies in a not-so-perfect environment. Yep, lots of mail on the floor, too. <laughs> or, oh, shit, actually, it was on the floor. I cleaned it up. How about <laughs> hey, that? all right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> that was a roller coaster. Uh, all right, um, so what would you define as a perfect movie how would i define a perfect movie i should have been ready for that question to come my way um i don't know it's just there's you know a lot of things i think that go into perfect movie um great story great characters great acting but i mean those really should be stuff that every movie should have are are those three things um but i think it's more about how it's being utilized for that particular movie you can take overacting and make it work and work perfectly for the movie that you're for the story that you're trying to tell for the movie you're trying to make for the piece of art you're trying to create going on that real quick let me yes. take it aside okay. what's a perfect nicolas cage movie then perfect nicolas cage movie shit um the ones that i've seen are pretty limited i've seen like con air i've seen both national treasure movies uh he doesn't really overact in those though no, he doesn't overact in those. <laughs> um, I've seen Raising Arizona, which was really good. Uh, I saw Bangkok Dangerous, which was really bad. Um, pff, out of the ones I've seen, Raising Arizona is probably the best one I've seen. Mm. Um, I've heard Mandy is supposed to be fantastic, and it takes Nicolas Cage's ability to be way out there and just make it work for the movie. Mm. Which I think Which is Kevin, what you were just talking yeah, about. Yeah, and I think that's that's what you need to look at for perfect movie. You know, some people some people aren't right for certain roles. Like uh Will Smith turned down the Matrix to do Wild Wild West. So we got Keanu Reeves' Neo instead. And if I'm not mistaken, I've seen that even Will Smith has been like, no, that was the right person to cast for that role. Hmm. So, you know, it all just depends. You, you and gotta he take... was the right person for Wild Wild West. I mean... I couldn't you know. see Keanu Reeves doing that. No. I'm, <laughs> I'm amazed at the people who did do that movie. Um, but, uh, no, I, I think it's basically taking... It's being able to take all of the parts and utilize them to the best of their abilities. Mm-hmm. That's what makes a perfect movie. Okay. How about yourself? How, how would you define a perfect movie? I mean, I agree with everything you said, but also I think um, <clears throat> the perfect movie sometimes, it's not even about the necessarily the quality of it. And I will agree with that. It, a lot of it is just what it means to you and also like watchability. Yes. I, I consider a perfect movie one I can go back and watch a million fucking times. Like, oh, yeah. A couple of mine are on my list just because if I see them on TV, it doesn't matter at what point they are, I can turn it on and enjoy it. Yeah. And, I mean, I'll say because I've got, as we'll get to, I've got a couple of action movies on here and I didn't want to overbog it with too many action movies. But, I mean, like, yeah, like, for me, like, say Demolition Man, which... Mm. Oh, how did I not put that one on there? I like, fucking love that movie. De- let's put fucking put Demolition Man on the list. Yeah. Okay, so I can't use that as an example. I'll go with Commando then. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not maybe like the highest of art, 
but God damn it, do I not love that movie, and it's just a lot of fun. And sometimes that's all you need in a movie, is it to be fun? But, uh, yeah, I think Demolition Man will be a great, like, talking point for the whole, uh, you know, like, just use as uses everybody to the best of their abilities. Yeah. God damn it, I fucking love that movie. Demolition Man's so good. <laughs> you know, I think that would also make a great video game now. Like, if they took the story of Demolition Man and turned it into a video game, it'd yeah. be fucking great. Yeah, I think they could do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so Demolition Man more fits in with kind of like your definition, too, of like watchability. Right, yeah. And rewatchability. Yeah. Because there's movies I've watched where I'm like, well, that was more than enough times. Or it's like, I don't need to watch that movie again. Right. Yeah, you know what? To be honest, I don't think any of the movies I chose are ones that I wouldn't like. And this sounds silly to say, but I mean, sometimes good, like quality-wise, is it can be objective. Like mm. this is objectively good or bad. Sometimes that's just true. Yeah, I think you know. Yeah, but I mean, I don't pick. I didn't pick any of the movies that I consider to be perfect just because they're objectively good. Yeah. You know? No, same here. Yeah. Like, I mean, they are objectively good. I think they're perfect. But, no, I know what, right, you're, I know what like, you're saying. But it like, wouldn't be one I don't want to watch even though it's objectively good. Well, like, to your earlier point about The Godfather. The Godfather is an objectively good movie, as I've already been on record as saying. I think it's the best movie ever made. I don't necessarily know if I would call it a perfect movie by at least the rewatchability standards. Mm -hmm. I watch The Godfather and I'm like, I'm good now. Like I, I can go a while without watching The Godfather again. Yeah, some of the little long. All right, little long. Hear me, Coppola. Your thing though, asshole. I saw Endgame three times in movie theaters, (laughs) and it felt shorter every time I watched it, despite it being longer than The Godfather. Um, it also helps it being an action movie. Also, for as much as I would love to put that on this list, it came out this year. I'm, it, and I know one of my movies came out the end of last year, but I think that one that one's okay to let qualify. Mm-hmm. Endgame, I think, is still a little recent, so we got to give it more time to kind of simmer out into like, you know, the fucking cultural landscape before I mm-hmm. necessarily call that one. I still think Winter Soldier is the best MCU movie, but really, yeah. How many times did you see that in theaters? Uh, twice. You fucking phony. I saw Infinity War three times. I saw Endgame three times. I know that's what I'm saying. You considered that one the best, but you didn't yep. see it as many times. Yeah. <laughs> did I? Yeah, no, I think I only saw it twice in theaters. I saw it in a much nicer the theater, though. What? Saw it in a much nicer theater. So. Oh, did you see it in when I was in Ed Schoenberg? Oh, okay. Or, yeah, yeah. or Hanover Park when I lived there and then went to Schoenberg to see it. Mm, nice. Because the theater was just up the street and then technically in Schoenberg. Uh, leather seats reclined? Uh, yeah. And Side it was table? Bigger theater, better sound system. No tables. I don't know if... I actually, what? I don't even think the seats reclined. It was just a nicer theater, though. I can't... Oh, okay. I, can't dis- I can't... It was a 30-screen theater. A what? 30-screen theater. What does that mean? There's 30 screens in the theater. What like, the fuck? It's an, it was an AMC 30. So there's 30 theaters. Sorry. Oh, oh, Sorry. okay. Let I me was... rephrase. Sorry, I meant 30 screens. Not that there's 30 screens. Like, you're looking at the 30 theater. fucking screens? What are you? Is this Spider Vision? <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> okay. It's a new way to watch movies. <laughs> oh, God. 
And also put yourself in epileptic shock. <laughs> You're watching all the movies that theater is playing at one time. <laughs> I'm so fucking confused. You know a movie you don't ever need to see in IMAX? What? Ten Cloverfield Land. Oh, you Good saw movie. That IMAX? Yeah, just because they had it available. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll buy an IMAX ticket to go see this. Oh, that Didn't sounds he? like more of a drama movie. It was. It was fucking great, but... That'd be like watching Room in IMAX. Yeah. Room, not The Room. Right. Well, either or. It's pointless to watch The Room in IMAX also. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways. Um, perfect movies. Yeah, and that's kind of how I look at a perfect movie. I, and... What I said earlier. Yes. Rewatchability. Not a, I, don't, I don't look at a perfect movie on 30 different screens. That's, no, that's, that's not what I was talking that about. That would be difficult to do. So. All right. So shall we take it from the top of the list? and Yeah. And, and also, this isn't a list based on quality or anything like that. This is just kind of a list. I organized it this way just because it kind of flows based on genre and type and whatever. Yeah. Just to kind of, kind of keep everything together so we can kind of... F- hopefully flow a little easier from topic to topic right and, and then keep jumping to demolition man you know we'll just do that for every movie and they're mixed back and forth between uh, my list of perfect movies and john's list of perfect movies yeah but let's uh let's go to the first one which is a john pick and uh john what is it toy story i think the original toy story uh-huh. is a goddamn perfect movie that fucking picture is not from toy story one jesse was not in toy story one also they're holding 3d glasses that too. But it's probably from like Toy Story 3. It's probably from an ad for Toy Story 3. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they even advertise 3D anymore. <laughs> no, because nobody gives a shit. Um, but uh, yeah, Toy Story is probably my favorite Pixar movie of all time. The first Toy Story is your favorite the, Pixar movie of all the time? The first Toy Story is probably my favorite Pixar movie. Oh, interesting. I've got a Pixar movie to combat that for the next one. <laughs> oh, interesting. Cause you, do you? Yeah. Just you don't you don't have to say what it is. I don't even remember what the next fucking movie is on the list. Oh yeah, right. That is a Pixar movie. No, <laughs> I'll still I still say, Toy Story is and I because, I think you can I've got the nostalgia for it. First of all, I grew up with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had to make sure this was recording real quick. Th- that would be a <laughs> real <laughs> shitty way. Minutes in. <laughs> Fuck. Start it up again. God. Hey guys, uh, fucking late to the show. <laughs> Uh yeah, we're perfect doing movies. movies. So let's go. <laughs> Toy Story. <laughs> um, forget all the poignant insight we had earlier. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, so you know I've got a lot of nostalgia for Toy Story. I grew up with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's another one that to me you know can watch. If it's on, I could sit down at any point. Like it's one of those where I, if it's on, I will. Stop what I'm doing. Watch the rest of Toy Story. From wherever, whatever point it's at, mm-hmm. I can watch all of Toy Story. Um, and it's just, it's one that's stuck with me that I think is a timeless movie. I, you know, the the sequels are great too, but to me sometimes I'm more of like, you just can't touch that first movie in terms of like, it was just something new and special at that time Uh so to me that's why toy story the original toy story out of three although all three are fantastic i know i haven't seen the fourth one (laughs) and i've got feelings about the fourth one that and we don't need to get into right now um but uh yeah it's just i don't know man this movie still just cracks me up too like it's still i still can find it funny my favorite scene still is when uh after buzz is kind of taken over 
and Woody pops out of the toy chest, and he's like, has anybody seen my head? Oh. And the shark pops up, hey, everyone, I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Give me that. I That shit is so damn funny <laughs> every time. I I will agree with you. I think, you know, it's funny because uh, I didn't put a lot of, I didn't put any of your movies on my list except for uh, one of them. One, but it's funny when you say a movie you think is perfect. It's like, oh fuck, that is a perfect movie. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as you were pulling up your list too, I'm like, yeah, no, that one definitely. <laughs> but uh, Toy Story, I would agree. I mean, like full on nostalgia for me too. It actually came out the year I was born. Nice. Um, I was three when it came out. Fucking old piece of shit. Yeah, I know. Uh, um, but uh, also, I. I think I like uh, Woody the best in this movie because I like how petty he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is really funny because Tom Hanks doesn't... Re- well, I guess his older roles were more petty, like fucking Turner and Hooch and stuff like that, maybe Money Pit. But uh, it's funny, like, you Tom Hanks' Tom. voice just, like, like I, I don't know. Just being <laughs> kind of, like, a dick. <laughs> yeah, or a bitch, even. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I really like Toy Story. I, I don't know if I like Toy Story 2 more because I really can't stand uh, Joan Cusack. Really? Because I think, again, like, I think Toy Story 2 is fantastic. And no, I, really I love like, it, too. Because, I, like, like, it has, I like, like the character of Jesse, and I think she's great in that movie. I like the character of Jesse. I just fucking hate Joan Cusack. Well, And I, I, mean, find, I find Joan Cusack's voice to be really annoying. But I don't care for Tim Allen, but I still love these movies, so. Oh, I, I love Tim Allen still. Home yeah. Improvement was my favorite sitcom of the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I but, watch Home Improvement. Anyways. <laughs> uh... Fuck, what was I saying? Oh, just because Toy Story 2 has, like, um, I think one of the best, like, I think it, uh, this sounds fucking lame to say, but touches on feelings mm-hmm. the best out of all the movies, even though the third one, you know, it like, oh, we're all growing up kind of thing. But you get that in the second one with Jesse's backstory yeah. and that whole montage to the music when somebody loved me. That hits me harder than the end of Toy Story 3. Interesting, because... And then also all of uh, Woody's... Like, Woody's fear of being left behind because his arm gets ripped. Mm. I think... it cap- that, gets cap- that idea of being left behind gets captured just as well as it does in the first one when Buzz comes in and he feels like Buzz is taking his place. Yeah. So that's why I like the second one so much. And also Kelsey Grammer as uh, Stinky Pete. Yeah. Prospector, yeah, I fucking love Kelsey Grammer too. <laughs> no, and God, I have, I think I'm. It's been a long time since I've seen Toy Story two, but yeah, I mean like, and and even Toy Story three. I know you were talking about like the 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 poignant moments, and maybe it's because at that moment I was going to college when Toy Story three came out. Mm-hmm. So to me, like that's the point in life. That's the exact point in life that I was when that movie came out. Right was. Going to college, saying goodbye to your childhood, and so just that him playing with his toys one last time at the end, and and giving them to Bonnie, I think is yeah, her name. Bonnie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm really glad you remembered because I didn't until you said it. <laughs> and then just like and and you know and that letting go of where uh, you know what he's like so long partner to to Andy because he knows he's not going to see him again, mm-hmm. and just kind of that 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 really final moment to me. It would like, and this is getting to the feelings about Toys for Four. That ended that trilogy perfectly. Like mm-hmm. it's like him growing up and like you know Woody, 
being scared to be left behind and being scared to be replaced and forgotten. Mm -hmm. And then he grows and grows to the point where he's like, you know, you're not going to forget me. Right. You know, I'm always going to be part of your life and now I can help somebody else's life. And to me, like that, that whole story, Woody's whole character development over the whole thing is just fantastic. And I just, I love these fucking movies. They're so good. How long do you think before they give Woody a prequel movie? <laughs> because in Toy Story 2, when uh, fucking Al from Al's Toy Barn finds Woody at the yard sale, mm-hmm. Mom, she has no first name, so it's just Mom, she says, this is an old family toy. Which makes me wonder if Woody was handed down to Andy. Interesting. Well, plus the show also, was older. It's Yes, it's an old fucking show. So, it makes me wonder, where did Woody come from? Disney, don't listen to this podcast. Please don't do this. <laughs> no. I, don't, I didn't even want Toy Story 4, damn it. Dude, it's going to be... I give it two years before we see a teaser trailer for prequel Woody. For morning, right. They're going to call it Morning Woody. <laughs> Probably not. No. But, they're going to call Toy Story 5 the prequel. The Woody-ing. The Woody-ing. I was going to say Woody's, Woody's Awakening. <laughs> Woody's Awakening. <laughs> the first time a toy became sentient, and toy, and then Woody has to like go wake the other toys. Oh my god, and that's how all the toys get life. <laughs> yeah. Fuck! Don't say that, John. <laughs> <laughs> but... Sorry. But, uh, yeah... So Toy Story, I mean, it's a great start to an amazing trilogy. And to me, I think... Also the first movie ever made fully on computer. Yes. And is fortunately not nearly as creepy as they originally wanted it. Because there was like that toy... Like it was one of the Pixar shorts or whatever with the the creepy ass baby. Yeah, the diaper that doesn't move. Yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm so glad they managed to move away from that because that shit was terrifying. Also, You've Got a Friend in Me is... To, in my opinion, one of the best themes to a Disney or Pixar movie. And the only reason anyone knows who fucking Randy Newman is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, Family Guy is so fucking lucky that Toy Story used Randy Newman's music. Because otherwise no one would get that fucking joke in the Apocalypse episode of Family Guy. Because I think that came out, it would have had to come out in 99 because it's about Y2K. Yeah. So yeah, four years after this came out. So... Randy Newman, Randy you're fucking welcome. Kind of sits here and narrates everything you see. <laughs> you got a Randy Newman invitation there, Jake? Yeah, I do. Um, Back to the red-headed lady, gonna <laughs> take an apple. She gonna take a bite. No, she gonna breathe on it first. <laughs> Fat man walking over. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so. Yeah, but that is a great song. <laughs> yeah, no, you got a friend in me. And what about oh. when Tom Hanks sings it in Toy Story Two from the fucking show? Oh yeah, that, I forgot. Oh my god, that also means that Tom Hanks as a voice actor exists in that world. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. All of them do. Well, it doesn't have to be Tom Hanks. It could be Tom Hanks' brother. <laughs> He's the one who's the voice actor. <laughs> Jim Hanks or yeah. John Hanks? Uh, it's Jim or John. Hold on. Jimmy John? No. Jimbo. Because <laughs> he does the voice of uh, Woody in Kingdom Hearts 3. Ah. You can just look up Tom Hanks' brother. He's got a bunch of fucking brothers. Uh, <clears throat> who voiced Woody in Kingdom Hearts 3? Where's that at? Down, people also ask. Ah. 
Idina Menzel, according to this, but that's it's not correct. <laughs> Okay. What? Nope. No, it's not. It is in Kingdom Hearts 3. No, it's fucking not. It's... God damn it. Thanks. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also looking. Jim Hanks. Alright. Bastard got there first. You got a friend in me. Whoa, look at this. Jim Hanks' voice with follow-up by Tom Hanks. Yeah, it's really weird that Tom Hanks just, like, phones out voice recording work to his brother for anything non, like, mainline Toy Story shit. Tom Hanks is a busy man, alright? Yeah, I know, but even, like, okay. Like, does Jim kind of feel like... Fucking Tom throwing me his scraps. No, come on. You watch the movie, he's like, I'm... So thankful I don't have to deal with the fame and celebrity that Tom has. Yeah, but he's saying that. <laughs> I mean... Okay, I get what you're saying, but... <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. So anyways, I think... I, I mean, I know we got a lot to get to here on this list, but I mean, just for me, Toy Story is a fun movie. Yeah. I think, again, it's one that you can just sit down and watch, and it definitely makes the most... Like, I even think the animation still holds up to this day. Yeah, I mean, you see like, it looking older compared to the new ones, but, but still, it's not bad. No. It's not bad animation. No, not at all. And, I mean, there's a reason you don't ever see... I mean, you see... I guess you do see Andy's face but you and, and Sid's. And that's, I mean, they're, that's kind of the worst that it ever looks because they don't yeah, quite have people faces. Yeah, it's a little bit uncanny valley that. for the eyes. And, that's all it is is just eyes i think yeah you know, and but just like yeah the the toys look fine because they're toys mm -hmm. so it, like our brains like accept that but uh you know what honestly helps it is like how uh like retro all like the like the houses and stuff are mm -hmm. like it, it looks like it's from almost like the 70s or the 80s yeah like it's like the houses and everything all look very old school so kind of just lends itself to maybe like non not perfect animation mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah no and i i get that and that you know you definitely and that goes right with the whole like making the best of what they have available like mm -hmm. they had you know for the time the best of the technology but like you, you you look at what we've got available today you know very limited technology um and they made the best of it and you they've got amazing performances out of everybody mm -hmm. and i think that kind of goes towards closer to my definition too where you take you you get the best possible product out of everything all of the component parts yeah i think toy story absolutely hits that on the head right all right um why don't we segue into our second movie now okay also pixar yes and uh this is I... movie of my choice is the incredibles also a fantastic movie yes much better than its sequel. Yeah, and a lot of people said they liked the sequel as good, if not better, and I thought that was just really weird. I, I disagree with that. And you know what? I would have liked it better had they not, like... This takes place right after the first Incredibles. Oh, to, yeah, yeah. To be honest, the, the, the I figured if they were going to make an Incredibles 2, they might as well make it set in the future of Incredibles. Yeah. Later on. Right, right, right. Because they kind of ran... Like, I mean, you can tell that uh, the voice of Bob... Like, uh, what's his name? Craig T. Nelson. I was going to say, you could scroll down, you're on the side. Yeah, but I've his name. 
I watched Coach. Um, okay. You could tell he sounds older. Mm. He sounds much more tired, which I guess it works because he's like he's playing. He's awesome fucking, old. Yeah, he's playing single dad. Yep. But like, he sounds a little worse for wear than the first one, and it's supposed to take place like three months after the first one. If that, like, I think they just do like a segue because they end up in the hotel. Well, I thought it was like almost immediately thereafter. Well, I mean, yeah, the I Underminer, and then maybe like a couple weeks later. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, either way. But, um, so, the first Incredibles. <laughs> yes. Um, I think this one's a great movie because I love uh, the style that they did this movie for. Like, that very kind of set in the 70s yep. is what it looks like. Um, well, see, I always kind of got more of like a almost 50s. I did too. 50s, 60s, James Bondy kind of vibe. But I assume it's a little bit later, th- or maybe it is 60s. Yeah. Because I was thinking like when Bob was Mr. Incredible and he was like in the blue suit and he was young I assume that was probably like 50s but I guess it's only 10 years later because their kids are kids still so 60s probably is when it takes place well Violet's a teenager so alright yeah so like 15 years maybe yeah alright so anyways yeah okay well whatever 60s 70s vibe is what I get from it from all like the uh, furniture and like the not the landscape but just the style of everything yeah the building the architecture yeah, yeah the costuming yeah. exactly okay uh so i love the way they do that i love the music in this movie like oh, it yeah. totally plays to that like james bondy type feel like all the uh like, mission impossible kind of yeah but it's also jazzy too which i like a lot yeah um i like all the characters in this movie uh syndrome's a great villain yeah he's an amazing villain um Mr. Incredible himself, I like so much because, uh, like, they. I really like the way that they capture the way a family kind of works yes. in that movie. Like, uh, the dysfunction, even to it. Like, um, how the dad's just working every single day and he's fucking fed up with his. Dead end job. Yeah, but, like, fed up with the way his life is going. Yep. Because he thinks it could be better and stuff. Um, uh,. Not, see, now I don't know where to go. I feel like I'm... I don't know... Painted yourself to a corner? Not even that. I don't know. I'm just uh, stuck for words right now. Well, I think it just... Like you said, the family dynamics... Great. Like, the concept... Very easily could have been, like... Cheesy, almost. It's like, yeah. oh, it's a family of superheroes. But they play it, I think... Probably to the best that you could do a family of like this is a family of superheroes, mm-hmm. and they're all they're in addition. Well, they're not even trying to raise their kids to be superheroes. They don't want their kids to have the same lives that they did until they have. Well, to. they can't either anyway because well, the government but... shut them down. Ooh, a little bit of the Watchmen in it also, I guess. A little bit. <laughs> but little bit. I'll also say I like how dark the movie gets. Yes. Because the movie like predicated on superheroes are getting killed. Yeah, and they actually show skeletons and bones of yeah. dead superheroes. I remember that being kind of creepy when uh, he hides behind uh, Gazer Beam's body. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was like, hmm, all right. And Gazer Beam knew to like carve Kronos into the wall, like yeah. right before he died. It's like, god damn, they really like went into depth on like, yeah. There's like backstory into this. They're not just doing that for the like, say like he's killing people. Like it's all serving a purpose to the yeah. story. 
And then, of course, there's the comedic bit of the heroes getting killed with the capes, but, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but... <laughs> Maybe they weren't killed. Maybe they were just... You know, One of them got sucked into a jet turbine. <laughs> he might be alive. Or, no, it was a girl. Uh, I can't remember her name, though. I mean, Syndrome definitely uh, definitely didn't survive his time in the turbine, but... You don't know that. He could have lived. In fact, I thought that's what, who was going to be in Incredibles 2. <laughs> They could have just had, because, you know, it would have played... Like his fucking brain in a jar. Exactly. I was going to say that. It would have played into, like, that kind of, like, uh, old school supervillain type thing. Yeah. If he is just a brain in a jar. All right. <laughs> That's fair. But... But also, the villain in this movie, he is, like, actually smart. And you know what? This movie does better than what Iron Man 3 tried to do, where, like, your demons come back to get you. Because mm-hmm. Iron Man 3 does that, but this movie does it way better. I enjoy this oh, movie yeah. way no. more than Iron Man 3. Oh, yeah. No, I'll give you that for sure. I was just thinking about that the other day. I was like, that's actually kind of the same movie. <laughs> also, real quick on Iron Man. So, uh, did you see the MCU announcements? No. For the next phase? So, uh, Shang-Chi is one of them that they're doing. He's a mar- Shang-Chi. He's a, like a martial arts-inspired uh, superhero. Okay. Uh, Any relation to Iron Fist? Or? No. Okay. Um, but it's going to be called Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. And the Ten Rings is, A, it's, I believe, the terrorist organization that kidnaps Tony Stark and Iron Man 1. Oh. Um, but also, uh, in the comics, the Ten Rings are kind of like the Mandarin's organization. So they're actually redoing the Mandarin for Shang-Chi, where basically it's like Ben Kingsley's character used the Mandarin persona, and then the actual Mandarin's like, nah. Because like, apparently they had like a sh- like a online short or something that involved like the real Mandarin and Ben Kingsley. Mm-hmm. So they're going to basically be redoing the Mandarin to make him a little more comics accurate and be like the actual villain is the actual Mandarin. So wait, are they calling, are they going to be doing like a reboot or are they No, 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 they're say... basically going to be like, that guy wasn't the Mandarin. This is the actual Mandarin, Okay, basically. so like they're going to play it off like Guy Pierce had heard of the Mandarin, so he just took the name. Exactly. And then also put Ben Kingsley's face to it. Yep. So it was, all, okay. Yep. That and now works. it's like, now here's the actual that. Mandarin. I buy that. Because <clears throat> also like... He has, like, rings of power, like, you know, like, they, that do shit. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I remember reading about the Mandarin a little bit on Wikipedia. Rings. Yeah. Okay. So, apparently they're redoing him. So, oh. Which is the, the tie into Iron Man 3. So, anyways, back to The Incredibles. <laughs> um, I've also seen this movie uh, described as the best Fantastic Four movie we'll ever get. But uh, but Marvel's also doing a Fantastic Four movie. They announced that. At yeah, I heard about Comic-Con. that. By the way, did you see a Fantastic Four costume in the new Spider-Man game? Mm-mm. It's called the Bagtastic Bagman because it's Peter Parker in a Fantastic Four suit, but he's got a bag on his head nice. with Spider-Man eyes drawn <laughs> on it. And they added the Far From Home suits on there. Ooh, I'll have to check it out. I haven't played it in a while. Yeah, the red and black one that he makes at the end, and then also the black tactical one. Ooh, nice. Well, I kind of already had that one, but also. Uh, Night Monkey. Yeah, the Night Monkey. <laughs> Actually, you know what? They didn't fucking even call it that. They should have, no. <laughs> But, anyways. Um, Incredibles. The Incredibles, yes. Uh, costume design, super simple, but, yes. like, perfect. And, like, instantly, like... I don't want to say iconic, but, like, instantly, like... Recognizable. Recognizable, and, like, just... It works perfectly for this movie. And, and it helps identify them as a team, and, like... Right. I just, yeah, I agree. This movie's absolutely fantastic. And while I know I opened with Toy Story, and I will say I still think I like Toy Story more than The Incredibles, mm-hmm. love The Incredibles. Great movie. And I like also that they were able to, like, <clears throat> as far as Jack Jack's story, 
Mm. They were able to like not include it, but then make his own like little Pixar short for it called Jack Jack Attack, yeah. which is on the fucking DVD. Which yeah. I don't know. If anyone's not babies. seen it, go fucking pull out your DVD that you probably have of this movie. When the babysitter gives them a frantic call on their way back. Yeah, Kari. Yeah. <laughs> when she's checking the voicemails and it just totally explains what happens at the end of the movie. Yep. But even without that, it still all makes sense. It's like, oh, fuck, the babysitter was dealing with that fucking thing the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like I like, too, the, the way the movie does it where it's like, you know, you're not quite sure what's going on and then... You know, Syndrome shows up to kidnap the baby. Right. And then we find out Jack-Jack definitely has powers at the end. Yeah. So. If you... Okay. So say you're watching The Incredibles. Okay. At what point would you stop it to watch Jack-Jack attack and then resume with the movie? You'd probably watch it as soon as they beat Kronos and they're in the limo talking about it. And then right as... uh, Yeah, just before... Right when she picks up the phone. Pause. Pause. Then watch Jack-Jack Attack, because I believe at the end of it, Syndrome appears. Yes. And he explains, like, the S on his chest. He's like, oh, it stands for sitter. I mean, I was going to put babysitter, like BS, but <laughs> you know why I can't have that on there. Yeah. Which I thought was funny. So, isn't Jason Lee plays Syndrome? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's... My name is Earl. I fucking yeah. love his Jason Lee. He's He was great. <laughs> like, again, everything about this movie is great. Do you know that he's a professional skateboarder? I do now. Yeah. Interesting. He owns his own skate company. Huh. Like, Good for you. He's got like... Oh, you mean him? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Jason Lee, if like, you're listening to this. Fuck, all right. Whatever. <laughs> I liked it. I don't know. But uh, like, he's even got like 90s like skateboarding videos, like the old school ones. Mm-hmm. Or maybe 80s, I guess. But yeah, it's weird watching him fucking skateboard because he's really good at it. Cool. But I mean, like, I picture Earl, the fucking chubby, like really scruffy, white trash looking guy. <laughs> And then he's, like, ripping it up on a skateboard. Oh, see, I always think of uh, his character from uh, Dogma. Because oh, yeah. that's but always... I'm a freaking what... demon. Yeah, that's that's what I always think of with, with Jason Lee. <laughs> he's going to be in uh, Jane's Silent Bob reboot, isn't he? I think so, yeah. yeah. So is Ben Affleck. Yeah. Which got so. confirmed on Instagram. Yep. Well, he was in the trailer. Oh, I haven't seen the trailer. Yeah. I just saw the picture of them all together smiling. Yep. I it saw... actually didn't really look like Ben Affleck either. He looked well, he looks... Well, he he's... Ben Affleck now definitely looks quite a bit different from Ben Affleck. Well, no, I know that. I'm saying, but I mean, I just saw Ben Affleck in fucking Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. And uh, in the... Jesus Christ. I, the banker, I think. Or no, the, the accountant. accountant. I almost said the autistic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's not what that movie's called, Jake. It could have been. Could have been. I wouldn't know. I didn't see it. <laughs> I didn't see it either, but I I know they like allude to that in the trailer. Yeah. But, um... I've heard it's not too bad. Uh, uh, the Incredibles is fantastic. Yes. If you haven't seen it yet, you the, the handful of you listening, go see it. But yeah, I would consider it a perfect movie, just because, I mean, for as good as also, like you say, the animation was in Toy Story, which was in 1995, this movie came out nine years later. So animation-wise, it's just that much better. Like, oh, yeah. It's super clean, super smooth. It's great because they have like giant explosions and a robot fight in a fucking city. Mm-hmm. And lots of small pieces moving around all at once, especially with like Syndrome's... Because um, like, he has like the rocket boots and stuff. Yep. And um, <clears throat> oh, the island that they fight on, originally that they fight Kronos on. Yep. Super beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the rockets shooting the fire out. Oh, Frozone's power with the ice. That How it's very fantastic. smooth. Yeah. Well, uh. 
they actually have a lot of texture to it, which is like what ice or, does. No, sorry. By smooth, I mean like the animation is smooth. Oh, like clean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, in the Frozen 2 trailer, I don't know if you've watched this yet, when Elsa's trying to get off this beach or whatever and she's running towards the water and shooting ice to like jump to it, just do the Frozone thing where you ice skate on the ice as you're creating it in front of you. Come on. It might happen in the movie. It might. Do you think they'll drop any Frozone? Uh, no, like... because Frozen is a Disney movie and Incredibles is Pixar. And I know they're the same company, but well, they, they not... keep... I, I know they keep Pixar. them fairly separate, yeah. but at the same time, they could make like a... Maybe. We'll see. Nod. I mean, for fuck's sake, they made Planes as Disney and Cars as Pixar. I thought I thought Planes was Pixar. No, 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 no. It's Disney. I haven't seen either of them, so... I thought Frozen was Pixar, though. No, Frozen's Disney. Is it? Yep. Oh. But, uh... Moana is also Disney. Is it really? Yes. Oh, well, people love that one. Yeah, I, I love mean, people it. love Frozen, too, but now Frozen's also been shit on for almost it's as just, much as it's been loved. You no, know, it's just mostly because it got overplayed. Yeah, because so. Let It Go is still a great song, and Frozen is a good movie. You know, they got in trouble for a little bit with Let It Go. No. There was like a, at one point there was a lawsuit possibility because hmm. it, they realized it's actually pretty close to being plagiarized, like plagiarizing another song that already exists. Oh wow! <laughs> I remember hearing that a few years ago. Didn't I know that? It could also be totally wrong. It's Disney. They they will throw whatever money they need to at it to make it go away. So yeah. Um. But yeah, The Incredibles. Yeah. And like like we said earlier, uh, this movie way outdoes the sequel it just got. Oh, yeah. I mean, the sequel was fine. Yeah, but... But it doesn't hold anything close I've, to this one. I mean, to, for comparison, I've seen The Incredibles maybe half a dozen times. Like, it, I haven't... Yeah, I like... Honestly, most movies that I really like, I don't necessarily watch time and time and time again like that realistically me watching movies multiple times in theaters is a more recent phenomenon just because i have expendable money now and i'm like <laughs> i want to see that again right now but like if i have a movie at home it i am more inclined to do something else than watch a movie at home and i don't know why i love movies but i think uh, it might be something to do with the theater experience is something that i just really really like yeah more than watching a movie at home but yeah, so I've seen Incredibles maybe half a dozen times. Okay. Um, and uh, I've seen Incredibles 2 once. And I don't really know if I'm going to go out of my way to watch it again. So, yeah, I don't really think I'll ever need to watch it again. Except yeah. for when it's on Disney Channel and nothing else is on. It's like, well, whatever, I'll, I'll fucking watch Incredibles 2. I'll play a video game. <laughs> <laughs> nah. I'll play the Incredibles video game. Which yeah. was really fucking hard. I don't know I'll if just... had a PS2 or a GameCube and tried to play that shit. That shit was hard. Disney games are always hard. Lion King, Aladdin. I had I, I only had Hercules. Fucking uh, oh, the Toy Story game was fucking a nightmare. I had that on computer. Fucking it was also for uh, PlayStation One. Emperor's New Groove for PlayStation One was fucking hard. Oh, I remember playing that at like a Target back in the day. Yeah, no, <laughs> me and Nick had it. Oh, did you really? Yeah. I I was playing hard. the level where they're uh, on the, like the it was like the cart level where you have to okay. like jump over the fucking barricades and shit in Isma's lab. I think uh, I think the furthest we got was when the Jaguars chased them. I don't know. I only played a demo, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. No, I mean in the movie because it plays through the the movie chronologically. Right, right. And I think the part we the Jaguars chased them in the movie, I think it's as far as I got in the game because <laughs> that level was fucking hard, <laughs> and I was really young and bad at video games. Right. But um, 
Yeah, Incredibles. It's an incredible movie. It is an incredible movie. Oh, and this was what I was going to say earlier. I remember when the trailer came out for this movie. It was a teaser trailer, actually. Mm. So um, it shows Bob's office, his little office area, and it's just like panning over his memorabilia and stuff with like really like, like, uh, um, what's the word? Newspaper. Uh, no. What's the word? Uh, like nostalgic type music. Like, okay. Like he's thinking about his heyday. And then um, cuts to him and he's like in his suit. And he's trying to, like, get the belt closed on it. Yep, I remember that trail. Yeah, okay. Now, I don't know why, for whatever reason, I must have been... Fuck, I must have been, like, uh, eight, maybe mm-hmm. seven or something, when I saw the trailer for that. Uh, I thought, like, when you hear the wife, when you hear his wife's voice call out, I thought he said, Okay, Mom, I'll be right out. I thought it was, like, about a fat guy who lived with his mom and was, like, a superhero or trying to be a superhero or something. I thought that's what the movie was going to (laughs) be. So I was like, "Uh, this might be funny, I guess. I don't know. This kind of looks shit. So way outdid my expectations. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I remember thinking that in the theater. I was like, so he, like, lives with his mom. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I thought the movie was going to be. Just some (laughs) old depressing guy. An old depressing guy, but different story. Yes. And because you were saying earlier, like, this premise could have easily gone very cheesy. Yep. I think that would have been a fucking... Cheesy way to go with it. It would have been full cheddar. (laughs) Yeah. Way to go with it. Yes. But, um, yeah, Incredibles. I think it's a perfect movie. Uh, Let's move on to the next choice. Which is... The most recent movie on the list. Yeah, the most recent. Yeah, that's pretty cool. The most, the, yes, you were correct, the most recent, but we'll stick with animated superhero movies. Uh, Damn, their IMDb page for this movie is phenomenal. Yeah, they <laughs> uh, they put the time into it. Um, it is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which, yes, is an incredibly recent movie, I understand. But, my God, does every single part of this movie just work. The animation is absolutely gorgeous. The characters are absolutely fantastic. And it tells, I mean, you get a new Spider-Man. You get several new Spider-People, actually. Thank um, you for saying Spider-People. Well, it's a new Spider-Man for Miles, but then I'm like, oh yeah, but whilst we got Gwen, and we've got uh, Spider-Ham, and we got Penny Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, so Spider-People. Um, and uh, just, like, and we even, you get Peter Parker in it. You get two Peter Parkers on it. And I think... The movie does what I think a lot of superhero movies need to do, especially when they're based on characters we already know. Mm. Though DC <clears throat> kind of fucked it up. Um, Who? DC. Oh, sorry. I coughed uh, when you said it. No, you're good. Which is just like, you know who Peter Parker is. So here's a quick recap, like right at the beginning. He's like, you know, I'm the one and only Spider-Man. Here's shit I've done. You know me. Blah, blah, blah. Moving on. Spider-Man 3 joke. Spider-Man 3 joke, which was... <laughs> hysterical the first time um i don't know if it necessarily played as well going forward but i still love you know that's one like five second moment of the movie right um just yeah just and and like i like that they do it for all the spider people you haven't seen before also yeah that'll probably a lot of people haven't seen before yeah but it's and then still they like, do it again. It's still it, fucking Spider-Man. Let's just yeah. go. It's like they're different, but you get why. Bit by Spider. Here's their personality. Yeah. Here's their the person that means something to them that died. Moving on. You can see why they're different. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I mean, just and Miles is such a great character, and 
you know, two for, for me, like the, the scene in this movie that really kind of got to me. And this is gonna. This whole podcast, I think, is fair game for spoilers. You've seen Into the Spider Verse, right? Yeah, yeah. Is the scene right after Uncle Aaron dies, mm-hmm. and the other Spider People decide that Miles is not going to come with, or no, just Peter B. Parker decides that Miles is not going to come with mm-hmm. to Kingpin's lab, and uh, like webs him to the chair, and then they all leave, and then Miles' dad um, shows up, yeah, to talk with him through the door. And it's partly because sad dad shit gets to me. Yeah. Um, it does to me, too. But, yeah, I understand yeah. why it gets to you, especially. Yes. Um, but uh, that's, that scene was just so impactful. And, like, I don't know, just this this movie truly, like, other movies, like, even other movies on my own list, I could probably find something to nitpick about. Mm-hmm. I don't think there is a single... Thing wrong in any of Into the Spider-Verse. I think all the characters are fantastic, incredibly well fleshed out, even if they're retreading characters that we we know. Mm-hmm. Um, and even characters who could have been jokey, like Spider, uh, Spider-Ham could have just been a complete joke of a character. And he's he, he adds the comic relief that's needed in scenes, I think, but even he gets poignant moments. Like when he's explain when he's the one who explains to Miles, it's like you know we've all lost somebody. You can't being a hero doesn't mean you can save everybody. It means doing the best that you can, mm-hmm. and just and maybe too because and the Stanley cameo got to me probably because this movie came out two months after Stanley died. It was the first movie with a Stanley cameo after he died, mm-hmm. and just the the funeral for Spider Man. It's like we've seen enough Spider Man movies that that scene hits hard Mm -hmm. and i just and and that goes i think it takes everything this movie takes everything that's in the culture as part of its its entire package and to help elevate and make the best of all of its component parts i would say especially with like the action um words that they write into the movie yeah also like the flips and stuff how they actually include that on there yeah like you feels like as far as including the whole culture yeah because a lot of the culture now is the movies yeah but this does the perfect tie into the movies and the original source material yeah and and while it, showing uh, us something new and it, it absolutely feels like a comic book the entire time like mm-hmm. you're watching a comic book come to life and yeah i just i fucking love this movie yeah, like lord miller fucking knocked geniuses. it out of the park this movie 100 percent deserved the oscar that it won and every other award that it won which oscar did it win best animated okay I don't know if it like also won like maybe screenplay or something like nope. that. No, just just best animated, okay. but it it so so deserved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I, agree. I really liked it, and Spider Man's always been a favorite of mine. Mm. Like actually, not a favorite, just my favorite Marvel hero. Spider Man's my favorite superhero in general. My favorite superhero. Really, I thought your favorite was Green Lantern, but no, he's just my favorite DC. But ah. Spider Man overall favorite superhero. Yeah, because. Um, he does just like play into like his whole story is very much he is just a person like that's always been his thing it's like he's always just a struggling kid trying to like balance being a superhero and being a kid into adulthood where he's trying to fucking balance paying bills for his shitty apartment in new york yeah he's also the one saving everyone at the same time yep a lot of people yeah friendly neighborhood (laughs) spider-man and also they do 
like what you said with Spider-Ham's explanation, you just do the best you can. Mm. I think they... Spider-Man, like, when you think of Spider-Man, you also think of failure. Because to be honest, he does fail a lot. Yes, he does. But, Which comes up in the movie. Yeah. He constantly talks about how he, no matter how many times he gets knocked down, he has, he, he will always get back up. Mm-hmm. But I've always liked that about Spider-Man. Yeah. Just a great character and just... Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and I know this one's real recent, so if you you know if you haven't seen it, fucking you know how good this fucking movie is. How good is it, John? Nick told me because he, he Nick is one who like if a movie's too hyped up, it usually ruins a movie for me. It's just like you know, it I went into me too. It, he's like I went in with really high expectations. It was just it was okay. Nick fucking like actually liked this movie. Yeah. So especially with it being superhero movies, because he's kind of tired of the superhero shit. Yeah. He's tired of the superhero shit. He doesn't really care when a movie's super hyped up. And it, We're talking about Nick Rosenblum, by yes, the way. He's time appearing guest on yes. the podcast. Uh, frequent collaborator. <laughs> um, yeah, when stuff is hyped up, he doesn't like it, yeah. usually. And it's more because it's like, well, this is what it's supposed to be. And in his head, I think, and this is just my thoughts on it, is probably <clears> like it gets played up enough in his head where it's like, there's no way it's going to be that good. And then like... So that's the expectation he goes in, and that, and then the movie lives up to that ex, the low expectation. But uh, yeah, no, he came out of Spider Verse saying that despite the hype, it was fantastic. Yeah. So that's how fucking good this movie is. <laughs> but um, also, like, there are so many incarnations of Spider Man. Just even Peter Parker's Spider Man. Yeah. There's Amazing Spider Man, Spectacular Spider Man, Ultimate Spider Man, fucking Miles Morales' Ultimate Spider Man. He's the new Ultimate Spider Man. Yes, but there's older be, Ultimate Spider Man. That dead. was Peter Parker. No, 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 no. no. I thought comic books wise. No, no, I know. I thought Ultimate Peter Parker was dead. I thought he dies, and that's in the why Miles Morales level of Spider Man. But even before there was Miles Morales, no, no, no. there was an I get Ultimate that, Spider-Man. but I'm saying like in current continuity, there's not even a Ultimate Peter Parker. Okay, fine. But that, I'm, that's I'm what just I thought. Okay, I get it. Has I existed. Yes. Um, okay. So there's been so many different incarnations of Peter Parker as Spider-Man, yep. including the fucking cartoons and other anime, like the what was it? Spider-Man Unlimited, <laughs> yeah, where Neil Patrick Harris did the voice of Peter Parker. <laughs> weird 3D animation. Have you? Did you ever see no. that one? It's weird. All right. Um, like, I like the way that they do all the different Spider-Mens. In this. And I really like Peter B. Parker Spider-Man. Yes. Because it shows, like, the next level of, like, Peter Parker failing. <laughs> like, usually they don't go much further past, like, your, like maybe 30 is what they've kind of gotten to with Spider-Man. Yeah. But I like Peter B. Parker, with, who's, uh, like, almost maybe 40, probably. I think he's probably 40 years old. Late 30s. Because he, he says how long he's been Spider-Man. Because, like, each one is, like, I've been Spider-Man for however long. Because... Peter Parker, the one that we that dies, mm-hmm. says he's been Spider Man for five to ten years, I think it was, or some shit like that. It was a pretty low number, and I think Peter B. Parker said he'd been at it for like 20. almost twenty. Yeah, I think yeah. maybe twenty twenty five. Yeah, I, th- I think I think I don't know. You could probably scroll down in the in the uh, in the fucking quotes, trivia? the quotes. Oh, quotes, quotes, quotes. Tri- under trivia, under goofs, quotes up. Fuck. Oh. Uh, Alright, let's do... Um, and for ten years, I've been the one with Spider-Man. Okay, so Peter Parker... Not Peter B. Parker. Peter Parker was for ten. So Peter B. might be for twenty? Uh, 
that's the final line's voiceover. Yeah, that's, and I love that, you know, every, like you said, every spider person got theirs, um, their line of like, you know, it's like, all right, let's do this one last time. And they kept repeating that. And then Miles got to do one at the end, which I, I just loved. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's finally him taking up the mantle as a Spider-Man. Yeah. He's got his, he's, he has his own costume. And like Stanley says, it, all, it always fits eventually. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, I wonder if uh, at some point they can actually include the Ben Riley Spider-Man. Because it was interesting when they revealed that the Peter Parker who died in Miles' universe was blonde. Because mm-hmm. Ben Riley's blonde. Hmm. But that's because he's Peter Parker who dyes his hair blonde and changes his name to Ben Riley because he thinks he's a clone, but he's actually the real Peter Parker. I have the book right there. Oh. Really interesting character, which I would like to see them do eventually. I might. <laughs> Honestly, though, after seeing Into the Spider-Verse, I think it'd be best to do them animated. Yeah. Because it'd be... It'd be hard to do that and take it seriously in a real-life movie. But I think when it's animation, for whatever reason, you can kind of shut your brain off to, like, certain things. Yeah. To, like... I don't know. know. We'll, we, it, feels, it feels easily more easily approachable in an animation setting. Yes, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think, I think animation's kind of the best way to do Spider-Man. Having even seen, you know, Homecoming, Civil War, Far From Home, which I do love the Tom Holland Spider-Man. And I fucking love the Raimi Spider-Man. Yeah, but I feel like it, the animated Spider-Man was so good, especially the cartoon in the '90s, um, the Amazing Spider-Man one. Yeah, see, and here's the thing: is I didn't watch a lot of Spider-Man shit growing up. Mm-hmm. Like I watched the Raimi Spider-Man movies, um, and I played a bunch of Spider-Man games, mm-hmm. but I never i I might have watched it, but I don't really recall ever having watched Spider-Man shit mm. growing up. I feel like it just lends itself to animation because, it, one, it's easier to, like, do webbing and stuff like that. Yeah. And then you don't have to, like... Because Spider-Man's so larger than life that it's going to have to have CGI in it and stuff, which can kind of hurt him sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, he, a little bit in Spider-Man 1, people make jokes about um, Rubber Peter when yeah. he's jumping on the roofs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... With animation, it just looks so smooth, so clean, so believable. It just it works. Yeah, absolutely. Works really well. But, I mean, that also helps Tom Holland, though, because he is a pretty acrobatic guy. Like, he did ballet and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you've seen he's, him he's, do backflips on Instagram and shit. Yeah, well, and he was in, like, Billy Elliot, and so he's got a dancer background and everything, too. So Right. That, that definitely lends itself to playing Spider-Man. Yeah, and, I mean, as technology is getting better, obviously, it CGI all... gets better. Yeah, and it all looks more believable in real life. But yep. just saying, like, also but, the way, like we were talking about earlier, the comic book tropes that they do in Into the Spider-Verse, it looks so clean and good and yep. so, like, perfect. You know, it's a great way to do Spider-Man. Yeah. And I'm excited for the sequel that they've set up for. Well, I know they they want to do a sequel. And I think they've got a, at least one. I think they want to do a Spider-Gwen spinoff. Mm. Um... Uh, that's as far as I'm pretty certain they definitely want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what else, but so I would love for them to do a Clone Saga spinoff. Also, they might since they've opened it up to so many different universes. Yep. It'd be really easy for them to do. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. 
But I think uh, on the topic of Spider-Man and Raimi Spider-Man, I think we can move uh, on to our next, next movie. Film. This one is from you. Yes. Spider-Man 2. I was about to say, oh, it's Dark Knight. Haha, <laughs> fooled you. <laughs> I was thinking about that one earlier too, but I just... Here's the thing, like, real quickly on that, like, Dark Knight is great, but the more... And I, and I still will contest it's a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a perfect movie. I, I mean, I would almost consider it a perfect movie. I mean, it's again, it's great, and I love it, but I don't know if it's necessarily one that I could put on a list of perfect movies, especially in terms of rewatchability, because it's a long, dense movie. Yeah, I guess I just, maybe the thing I'd fault it for is I just hate the fucking trope of, I didn't tell you because I wanted to protect you. I fucking hate that cliche. There's a lot of it. Yeah. Do you, did you like in uh, Dark Knight Rises when Alfred's like, how about we all tell the truth? Basically, he's like, why don't we let the truth have its moment in the oh, sun? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I just fucking hate that trope. And it sets it up for finally coming out and Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, Alfred, you waited seven years. Well, it's seven years after Dark it's Knight. It's a while, right? yeah. Okay. You waited that long, and now you're going to tell him, it's like, yeah, because he's becoming Batman again. But, like... You've seen him depressed for seven years about this. Had you just told him that, he could have moved on. Yeah. Yep. Could have. Didn't hate it. I hated it in the Marvel movies, too. When, like, when it's revealed at the end that Cap knew that fucking Bucky killed Tony's parents. Yeah. It's like, oh, I guess I just didn't tell you because I wanted to protect you. It's like, fuck off. No, he he didn't tell Iron Man because he wanted to protect Bucky. Because he knew how Iron Man would react. In the letter, he says, I didn't tell you because I wanted to protect you. Yeah. The letter he sends Tony at the end. Yeah, that's fair. But <laughs> doesn't matter. They're both done in the MCO. So. Had, you know what? It would have been fine had he not said that in the letter. Yeah. I just hate the actual admitting of, I didn't tell you because I wanted to protect you. That's so fucking irritating. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man 2, however. Actually tells Aunt May that it's his fault that Uncle Ben is dead, which yeah. I love. Yeah. Like, honestly, Spider-Man 2 does so well what spider-man 3 couldn't do which is balancing a ton of different story elements yes because like people shit on spider-man 3 for having too many like foes for spider-man to deal with which it does but that's that has to do with producers pushing venom on raimi at the last second yeah (laughs) thinking that it couldn't hold up on its own so they made him do venom also but um, Spider-Man 2 has so much going on with it, which really fucking does well with the Peter Parker facing so many, like, human challenges in his life on top mm-hmm. of being Spider-Man. Yeah. Which, um, so he's dealing with his best friend, like, uh, Harry, hating him because, or resenting him anyway, because, like, Peter is the photographer for Spider-Man, and, like, Harry doesn't trust him anymore because he's like, you still take these pictures of Spider-Man, you know he killed my dad, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. So he's dealing with that. He's uh, dealing with watching Mary Jane uh, move on to someone else, even though he like had to turn her down. He's like, like he doesn't want to put her in danger of like being, you know, knowing who Spider Man is and being in a relationship with Spider Man. Yeah. So he turns her down at the end of the first movie, but now having to see her move on to someone else is really fucking hard. It's hurting his uh, ego, pride. Pride. I guess. Ego. Whatever. Same shit. Um, He's dealing with, one, seeing Aunt May struggle for money. Mm -hmm. Like, she's fucking broke. She's going to have to leave the home that her and Ben have lived in forever. 
Uh, he's fucking broke. He's like... Uh, His landlord's an asshole. <laughs> Mr. Dickovich, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he lives in a fucking shit-ass apartment. Um, he's forced to take pictures of himself that get spun into like a shitty story about himself yep. that he can't fix. Because he did try to like push the pictures of like old men playing chess in the park and like pigeons and stuff. And then Jameson's like, get out, you're fired. If you're not going to give me pictures of Spider-Man, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <coughs> An asshole boss. Yes. Who, uh, whose son is getting married to the girl he loves. Yes. <laughs> um, and then he's also losing... Oh, his fucking uh, Doc Ock is his mentor of his. And he's yep. seeing him become evil, which is fucking plays on your mind. Yep. Um, and then also he's losing his powers. Because all this, like, hitting him... It's weighing on him. Right, and he's losing his confidence to be Spider-Man, which I like how it, like, really makes it feel like it's, like, in his DNA. Like, it's part of his full-on biology. Like, obviously we fucking know that because you see the DNA sequences in the first Spider-Man, but yep. it really humanizes the hero part of him mm -hmm. because you see him not being able to perform. Um, uh, fuck. Oh, which I will also say I like that Raimi decided to make him have biological webs because it illustrates that happening in the movie so much better. Because yeah. in the cartoon, they have that happen, and, like, where he loses his powers. But he still has his webbing, which is, like, I guess he can still get around, but I like that... It becomes harder when you don't also have super strength, though. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, can you imagine trying to come off a building and holding onto the web? <laughs> Like please, don't break, please, don't break, please don't break, please don't break, please don't break. Well, I'd be worried about my hand slipping off of it, all the oh, G-force. Yeah. Or you wrap it around your hand, it cuts your fingers off. <laughs> but um, but it also plays into more the fact that he doesn't even, at this point, he doesn't even want to be Spider-Man anymore. Because all it's done is ruin his life. He has no time for anything that he wants. So he fucking puts the costume away. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not even going to be Spider-Man anymore. Maybe this is a sign that I shouldn't be doing it. And then... Just trying to be Peter Parker himself, he's still realizing, oh, I'm still not, like, this isn't what I want. Because, I mean, yeah, he's doing good in school, but he still can't get Mary Jane and stuff. And, I mean, um, let's see, he uh, admits to Aunt May that he killed, it's his fault that Uncle Ben is dead. She just fucking walks away from him. She does she can't even say anything to him. But, um... And it doesn't make his relationship with Harry any better either. No. And actually, it probably fucked up his career too, because he can't take pictures of Spider-Man anymore. Yep. And then he also sees like people dying because he's not there to save them when he goes into that burning building, and he saves yep. that little girl as a human. But then he gets out, and it's like, oh yeah, someone got stuck on the fourth floor. And he's like, fuck. Could have done. <laughs> if I had these powers, I could have done something. Yeah. If only I had web shooters. God damn it. Why didn't I just build some? I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, Plus, actually, that would have been a funny way for them to tie in the web shooters thing, as if he just had to make them. Yeah. Because, but then I guess he'd get his powers back and be like, well, I don't need these anymore. And then give them to someone else, and someone else is fake Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, that actually might yeah. not have been a bad sequel to the movies, though. Uh, um, Do you but, know that Raimi, in Raimi's fourth one, they were going to have... Uh, oh, who the fuck was going to be Vulture? I don't remember who Vulture was going to be, but Bruce Campbell was going to be Mysterio. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. Well, they were also kind of setting up for Reptile, potentially. Was, yeah. Or not Reptile, Doc Connor... uh, the Lizard. <laughs> reptile. Mortal Kombat's the Reptile. He appears. <laughs> yeah. But the uh, Lizard. Because, yeah, because Doc Connors have... is in it 
Fucking... And he only has one fucking arm. <laughs> and he's in every movie, isn't he? Not in the no, first he... one. Yeah, no, yeah, he's just yeah, he is just in the second one, I guess. But yeah, well, second and third. Yeah, yeah, but he's in okay. He's in a couple of the movies, right? I mean, they also set up for Doctor Strange, so. Did they? Yeah, in this one. When uh, Jonas uh, is trying to come oh, up with the Dr. name, Strange. he's like, Dr. No. no, that's already taken. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, no, he says, that's pretty good. But it's taken. So they actually <laughs> do already have Dr. Strange. Yep. Uh, oh, and also, uh, we'll say this right now, Far From Home actually has J.K. Simmons Spoiler as J. Alert. Jonah Jameson. Yep. Which is... It was great. pretty cool. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's fantastic. Perfect, like, J. Jonah Jameson. Like it was so good, they made him J. Jonah Jameson in the Ultimate Spider-Man show on Disney. Hmm. Uh, yeah, because he, he voices it in a lot of. Doesn't he voice him a lot of times now? Because I mean, it's the same as uh, Matthew Lillard was the voice of Shaggy for a long time. Yeah, after yeah. the Scooby Doo movies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, yeah, of course. He just make them that from yeah. now on. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he's perfect. Like, there should not be another live-action one until after J.K. Simmons dies. Yeah, they did it also with um, Clark Gregory, who was uh, Cole from uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. He did the voice of him in the cartoons also. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Also, Spider-Man 2 has one of the, in in my opinion, I think a lot of people's opinions that I've seen, at least online, one of the greatest, like, superhero moments when uh, he stops the train. Oh, well, the whole train sequence is amazing. Yeah. Up to when he's swinging to the clock tower. No, I'm talking... No, that's... I'm saying that's all included, though. That's the start of the train fight. Yeah. He When the face-off, after Peter gets his powers back. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good, like, when he... Okay, when Doc Ock throws him against the wall and all the bricks fall on him and he takes Mary Jane away and then Peter just bursts out and then he's, like, looking around trying to figure out what to do and all of a sudden he notices his vision's fucked up because he's got his shitty glasses on yep. and he takes them off. He can see again. It's like, drops them in slow motion. You see the lens pop out. It's fucking awesome. Music's yeah. building up, building up. And then he clenches the fist and he feels his strength back. And then it's also funny when he takes the spider suit back. <laughs> when J. Jonah's realizing, it's oh, like, this is my fault. I turned the whole city against Spider-Man. He was a hero and I couldn't see it. And they... Like, they hear something, and he turns around, the spider suit he's nailed to the wall is gone. Yep. He's like, he was a thief! <laughs> yep. That's the perfect... Oh, it's so good. The, this movie... I just remembered that whole sequence. I fucking forgot how much I love that sequence. Really, this is one of the best Spider-Man movies ever. This one, Into the Spider-Verse, and I would say Homecoming... Probably did you like f- Homecoming more than Far From Home? I did like Homecoming more than Far From Home, but I loved Far From Home. Um... But yeah, I think those are probably the three best Spider-Man movies that there are. Mm-hmm. Easily. Yeah. And fuck you if you say Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man sucks. Go fuck yourself. Is he too old to be a, a, a high schooler? Yes, he was. But... You know what, though? It's still other than, played to other, me. Yeah, other than that, like, that's it. He's just... He seems a little too old, but everything else about it is fine. For this era, Spider-Man is... Okay. It's, yeah, Even no. if that's your argument, it's like, oh, he's too fucking old. That's, he's not for Spider-Man 2 era Spider-Man. No, yes, you're correct. I'm agreeing with you. Right. Um, but yeah, no, that's like the cl- only real complaint I can think of for why Tobey Maguire shouldn't be him, is he looks a little too old, and that's it. And everyone also shits on the crying face. It's like, go fuck yourself. What do you look like when you cry? Yeah. It's not a great thing, okay? No, it is absolutely not. <laughs> Spider-Man 2 is fantastic. Enough said. I'm ready to move on to the next yeah. movie, because I um, fucking love Spider-Man 2, yeah. and I might watch it later this week. Good choice. I honestly <laughs> might watch Into the Spider-Verse again. Yeah, I've been wanting to watch that also. That's one I saw three times in movie theaters. 
uh, I saw it the once, and I I own it now, and I haven't oh, seen yeah, it I since. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it since it was in theaters. But all right, what do we have next? I don't even know. The next movie is another one that I chose, oh, and it is. But I can't believe I didn't add this on my list as well because I love this movie. It's Tommy Boy. Fucking great <laughs> comedy. Yeah, Chris, only 7 out of 10 on IMDb. And that shit should be... Fuck you, IMDb. That shit should <laughs> at least be whatever. a 9. Yeah. No, Mine that's IMDb's. so fucking good. That's just IMDb's rating. Oh, is it really? Yep. Okay, I didn't know if like they feed from Metacritic or Rotten nope. Tomatoes or something. Nope, IMDb has its own... Because they're all user reviews. Okay. I didn't so, know that. Yep. So, Tommy Boy is fucking fantastic. And you know what? It is the perfect movie. Like, it's... Okay, so it's in the top ten of, like, Paramount DVD sales, which includes, like, shit like Godfather and, like, the other, like, great Paramount movies that have ever yeah. come out. It's in the top ten of that. Yeah. And it fucking got shit on when it originally came out. It's so good. Chris it's so Farley weird is... that it could have gotten shit on when it first came out. Yeah. And, and I think at least, especially for people our generation, is probably a lot of people's first introduction to Chris Farley. Probably. Because we were too young to watch him on SNL, considering I was three when this movie came out. I was uh. I was born when the movie came out. So I was three when Tommy Boy came out. I couldn't tell you the first time I saw Tommy Boy. I was probably, I mean, you didn't see th- it on March thirty first, nineteen ninety five. No, oh, I would okay. have been. Uh, <laughs> you didn't see it opening day. <laughs> no, um, I would have been too young. Oh, I would have nice. been a three year, two month old baby. Yeah, not baby, but you know, toddler. <laughs> um. But, yeah, no, it's just, like, this is also one of those movies, too, that's great when you watch it as a kid. And then grow up and then grow up it, and, and catch the other shit. And realize why Richard's so funny. Yes. Because <laughs> when you're a kid, only Tommy's funny. Yeah. And then as you grow up, you realize the banter with Richard is fucking hilarious. And, and I think that, uh, this is a great point with a lot of comedies is, you know, especially, there's usually, you know, you have to have two people. You got the, you got the funny person and you've got the straight man. Yeah. And when you're younger, the only person that matters is the is the funny person, right? Which like is why that, Ace Ventura does so good with kids. Yes, because <laughs> there's nobody for him to play off of, really. Right. Um, but like, I even saw this uh, about the Three Stooges. You know, there's obviously three of them, and Larry is definitely the most straight man of the group. Until like, Mo, or not no, Mo, no. Uh, until Shemp. Shemp takes over for Curly though, but yeah, I know, but he's not—he's not, he's not curly. curly. Nobody is as curly as Curly. Nobody. <laughs> Fuck you, but, Curly Joe. Yeah, and Joe Besser—they both sucked. Isn't that the same guy? No. Oh, oh yeah. Curly Joe Dorita, Joe Besser, uh, Shemp, Curly. Yeah. Um, but so when you're a kid, you watch Curly. Mm-hmm. As you get older, you know, then, you know, when you're like a teenager getting a little older, you're also watching Mo for the comedy. When you're an adult, you're watching Larry. Because when you watch Larry, like, there's <laughs> shit, there's, like, jokes you didn't even notice when you were younger. Because <laughs> he's just, he's, like, doing his own thing half the time, almost beating the shit out of Curly. So, right. And, like, yeah, like, that's perfect in this. Like, Richard gets funnier when you get older. Right, right, right. Yeah. And Dan Aykroyd, too. Dan Aykroyd's yeah. character is really fucking funny. Yeah. Just, <laughs> this movie is just so damn good. Yeah. it's And like you say, it's good through the ages. Yeah. It, it, gets, it is like a wind, how it gets better with time. Yeah, because age. then you pick up on shit that you didn't pick. Like, and I know this isn't like the, you know, the greatest example of a joke, but I didn't get it when I was a kid 
when uh, Richard's like, okay, so how much of your brain do you, or how much does a usual person use of their brain? 10%. How much do you use? One and a half. Yeah. The other half is filled with hard candy and bong resin. <laughs> right. And like as a kid, I'm like, well, I, you know, I got the hard candy part or whatever, but I don't know what the fuck bong resin was. Well, I didn't even get like, I mean, I didn't when get... I was a kid, the whole like everyone uses 10% of their brain. Like yeah. when you're a kid, you don't know that fucking fact that everyone likes to spout. <laughs> even though it's not true. Right. Uh, but I've uh, seen Lucy. Yes. Yeah. You become a USB drive when you use all of your brain at once. Ah, yes. Um, that's where we get all the USB drives from. Anyways. Thank you, um, Lucy. Yeah. She uh, sponsors this podcast, by the way. Do not dislike this podcast or she will hunt you down and eviscerate you or turn your hair blue or something weird. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see that movie. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, it's good. But um, it, it's all right. And then also, like at the beginning, I didn't get that he was supposed to be smoking weed with those guys. Yeah, I didn't frat. get that either. Didn't get that as a kid. And then I grew up, and I'm like, ah, okay, that's what he's doing there. I just knew parties were hazy, because I had been to some parties with my parents. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> There's always a haze in the room. Yes. And I had a grandma who smoked. Not weed, just cigarettes, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like, this movie's just so damn good, and so cool. And it's got a lot of, like, feels to it, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, you like said, like, fucking, dad shit gets yeah, you, like, I mean. Dad's funeral. This movie shit, really should. Shit, man, I was always, always hoping that when eventually I'd get married, because me and dad and nick used to do this all the time is like i'd throw my arm around dad and he'd be like how do we look and nick would go chubby <laughs> so i was looking forward to eventually when i get married to being able to do that i can't do that anymore you could do it with nick i could do it with nick you. yeah i was gonna say i'll need somebody else to do it so <laughs> but uh anyways um enough sad dad shit yeah. um <laughs> Just like Tommy Boy, that and it comes out of fucking nowhere too. Yeah, they just and he's dead on his wedding day. All right, comedy. <sighs> but uh, but the way they are able to pick up from that is crazy. Yeah, and it's it's just so good and like his fucking freak out at the restaurant. He's oh, like, the, let me tell you about Jojo why the I suck. <laughs> yeah. That is a great monologue. That is a good monologue. Now, Save that for the monologue podcast. Yes. It sits right up there with Independence Day. It's up there, right? <laughs> but one thing that disappointed me with, uh, not this movie, but people, is one time I got to use, somebody asked for my John Hancock, and I'm like, you mean Herbie Hancock? <laughs> and they're like, what? I'm like, I'll just like <laughs> Um, I every once in a while I get to say, uh, like someone, I'll go to someone's house and say, do you want anything? And say, I'll just have a sugar packet or two. <laughs> I love saying that shit. Oh, man. That's like the that's the small shit that's not funny until you're an adult. Exactly. It's just like you don't get it. <laughs> Especially because I had a cousin who would eat sugar packets at the table, huh. so I was like, uh, "Nice." I guess some people eat sugar packets. Also, one time, oh man, Dad had said something to Nick, like, you know, his parents do where they insult their children. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have parents. Yes. Yeah, I don't even remember what he said, and Nick did the thing from this movie. He's like, "That really hurt." Not here. Or here so much, and this only works when you can see. He's like, but right here. <laughs> and he points to his heart for those of you on the audio, which is all of you. I got to see it. Yes. But you know what's fucking weird? For whatever reason, when I was a kid and like he does that, mm-hmm. do I have a mark on my face? Because it really hurts. And he turns and you see the big ass bruise on his face. Yeah. I don't know why. When I was a kid, I didn't fucking see the bruise. I didn't get the joke that not here or here so much, but right here. It's like, That's bizarre. I have no idea why I never noticed the bruise on his face. I just thought he was gesturing to where... It hurt. I mean, yeah, to where it hurt. 
But like I never, I didn't pick up on the bruise. Huh. I really don't know why. I don't know if I thought it was facial hair or something. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know why. I remember it blowing me away when I was like twelve and I watched it again. I was like, "What the fuck? He's got a big ass bruise on his face." I mean, that I kind of hit you in the shoulder. My shoulder's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, what'd you do? <laughs> and oh, then, man. like, it's even better after. Um, like watching the few Chris Farley documentaries that have come out now and they say like that's really just based on Chris Farley and David Spade's relationship because they worked in the same office writing together. Yeah. I mean and Chris they Farley were just did a whole friends. lot of writing. But he, he did a whole lot of drugs, but <laughs> and I, well, I just mean like he didn't do as much writing as the yeah. other people. He just like he did was really the, well as the, the character performer. in there. Yeah. yeah. But um like that was like half of that movie is just shit they would do with each other in the office cuz I don't know. I don't know if you know anything about the way the movie was made. It no, was no, very no. fly by the seat of their pants. Like it was going to be something totally different. And um, they, the guys who were making this movie, also had to compete because it it got delayed so much. Mm-hmm. They had to compete with SNL for use of Chris and David Spade because like it was supposed to be made in the summer, but then um, SNL had to go back on TV, and they had to go back and do SNL shit. So they were literally, as soon as SNL was done, coming out to film. Damn. For Tommy Boy. And, like, they were kind of right... They wrote the movie as it went. And so, like, when you know that backstory, and then you watch the movie again, it's like... And the fact that it all works. feels seamless. Yeah. It feels like a seamless movie. It doesn't... Like, I just watched a uh, fucking... Or, okay, we'll even say it this way. Suicide Squad. That's a movie that had to, like get delayed and it had to get redone and stuff and it was being written as it went yeah that movie's fucking garbage yeah tommy boy is so fucking good still even though it was being made by the seat of their fucking pants and maybe that's why at the time people didn't care for it is maybe maybe like if people knew about that and like they kind of went in and because it is i would say it is slightly disjointed just kind of slightly and I'm not even sure how to I'm not even sure how to explain it, but there are just kind of moments where it's just kind of like I, I, I don't know, but I kind of get it does have that kind of feel and maybe because it's kind of like it's a lot of like they're driving now here's a moment they're driving now here's a moment but that like and that's not a criticism of the movie like that's just kind of how it feels I guess but I, and maybe I would there's say like that's kind of how it has to feel yeah considering I mean, it's a they have to go all over the midwest to try yeah. and sell these fucking brake pads oh yeah. But, no, but this, I, I see what you're saying. So I could see where people would be like, all right, it's like there's not a lot going on. It's just like driving, new spot. Funny shit happens, they get no. Then the next spot, and just right. over and over again. So I can kind of see that, but still, it's just... At the middle, it might drag a little bit. Yeah. But, I, I mean, I guess maybe the nostalgia helps with that part of yeah. it. Well, and also... Because you can just see, like, the jokes, and, like, you appreciate the jokes so much because they are nostalgic. Yeah. And and I think this one works especially towards your you know your rewatchable, your rewatchability definition. It's you know you get the whole, um, like it, it's quotable too. Like this this movie is just full of great quotes, and I think this is one. I think probably out of all these movies so far, it's probably the most quotable movie. Yeah. Out of all of them. This one's like Spongebob. Like, pretty much yeah. anyone you fucking quote this movie to, is gonna except for the Herbie Hancock fuck you dealt with earlier. Yeah, I'm, I didn't... I was, like, not ready for that <laughs> to, like, fail as spectacularly as it did. But, like, it's... You can pretty much say any quote from this movie to people, and they're gonna fucking get it. Yeah. This is one of the 
this movie is honestly why I made friends when I moved out here. Because I moved out here when I was 11. Okay, I moved from Michigan to Illinois when I was 11. Mm. I didn't know fucking anyone out here, and I had to start sixth grade. This movie probably made me my close circle of friends. It made me friends with Jordan. It made me friends with Nick. Uh, Kid Rock made me friends with Race because I burned him a CD, and then nice. he was cool with me after that. Um, oh, and fucking Nick Laudacena. Yeah. Because I fucking looked like Tommy Boy when I was in sixth grade. I was a chubby, short, fucking blonde-haired boy. Uh, so... Yeah, I could act out some Tommy Boy. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, this movie actually made me friends when I moved out to Illinois. The close circle that I've lived with at college, and I'm still friends with to this day. Because of Tommy Boy. Thank you, Chris Farley. You fucking dead motherfucker. <laughs> Have you actually seen the pictures of him found dead? No, I don't know if I really want to. It's a little depressing. I bet it is. I'm good. I've watched. I've seen. I've watched. I've you seen, watched the. Fo- I watched photos. him die and let it happen. <laughs> just I like Shane died. Yeah, I was just about to say that. <laughs> but uh, new guys in the corner puking his guts out. <laughs> <laughs> veteran sitting there with a cigar. Oh my god! All because you wanted to save a couple pennies, which to me get it doesn't out. Really... What? Get out. Do you validate? No! <laughs> See? Fuck, I love this movie. <laughs> yeah, Tommy Boy, great movie. And I don't really... Like, honestly, if someone really said that they really didn't like Tommy Boy, it would it would kind of throw up a red flag and be like, really? You really don't? Are you just an asshole? Why? Yeah, like... I don't know. This is This is such a damn good movie. Yes. Yeah, we've been at it for a while enough. An hour and a half. Damn. Uh, I mean, fuck. We've we got a got lot majority to go. of the list. We might actually have to split this up into two episodes. Oh, shit. Which would be good for us, because... <laughs> then we can record more next week. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. But anyways, Tommy Boy, fantastic fucking movie. Yeah. Do you want to do, do one more movie on the list? Yeah, let's do on? one more, and then... Uh, we'll probably have to call it, because, I mean, it's almost 9 o'clock. Shiza. 8.45? Yeah. Yeah, let's do one more, and then uh, we'll do a, our first two-parter. Okay. Well, Damn. Then... That's okay. We got a lot of good discussion, I think, on this one. Yeah, I do, too. Uh, all right. Was this the movie is wow, this one was of really... your choice. Yeah. And I... another one where I was like, fuck, that's a great one. This is a perfect yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, the Princess Bride. Uh-huh. I think another incredibly quotable movie. Yes. Uh, very much so. Yes. And one that you don't realize is as funny as it is until you're an adult. Or yeah, it has. It, it parts also that open has up to you layers. as you get older. <laughs> Shit, I I read the uh, uh, Carrie Elway's book about the making of Princess uh, Princess Bride. Wait, he wrote a book all about this movie, or no, he wrote a book a about the making of, the of. No, no, he wrote a book about the making of this movie. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. it was a pretty good book. Mm. He broke his he broke his foot twice. No, he broke his foot once, but he visited a doctor twice on the set. Um, cause he, uh, they had, they, there was the hill where he rolls down, I think. Yeah. I think that's the hill. They had ATVs to basically get them back up to the top uh-huh. and he was kind of fucking around with it and his foot got caught and he kind of ran his foot over with the ATV. <laughs> uh, so he went to a doctor cause actually the way he kind of roll, I think, it, I don't know if it's how he rolls, but like how he ends up sitting at the bottom is he's, he's sitting that way because his foot's broke. So he has to like keep it up. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. 
And then uh, the scene where... Uh, Which is funny, because they could have... I mean, like, you don't see his fucking face when he's rolling down the hill. They could have just used a stunt double. They could have, but they did. <laughs> um, but then... Uh, and then the scene where... Uh, what's the guy's name? The guy, the six-fingered man. Oh, um... Count, uh, Count Rugen? I think? I think that is it. Let me just double check here. Um... Yeah, Count Rugen. Yeah, there's, there's the scene where he, uh, knocks him out. Uh, oh, like he like sword, yeah with the sword the yeah like uh, which yeah. I always thought looked really weird how it just knocks him out instantly. Well, here's the thing, they took several takes of that, and then Christopher Guest accidentally hit him uh-huh. and he got knocked out. <laughs> so that's the take that they used in the movie was Perfect. the one where he actually knocked him out. But when he came to in the hospital, or when he came to and then went to the hospital, did it look good? It was the same doctor who took care of his foot, and he's like, "Wow, you're getting hurt a lot, aren't you?" <laughs> Are you getting paid enough for this movie, Carrie? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this movie is just so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Like, and I love the way they get everybody's buy-in in this. Like, you go into it expecting, it's a movie called The Princess Bride. Yeah. It's like, as, as, as a child, you're like, ew, that's a girl movie. Mm-hmm. So how do they open it? With his grandfather reading it to a boy and being like, no, it's not just a kissing book. Yeah. It's, there's adventure and pirates. Like and they get the everybody's stuff with the buying. kid and the grandfather is stuff you don't appreciate until you get older also. And like how funny the grandfather is. Yes. And just and again, I think that helps get the buy-in for the entire audience. Mm. It's like it frame it gives you the framework. They adjust, they of, address like the perception of the movie yeah. instantly. Oh, right off the top. <laughs> and how even kissing movies or kissing books are, you know, Boys can enjoy them too, right? Yeah, and shit like that, right off the top. But that none of that is even like I think really the point of this movie at all. Mm-hmm. It's just it's there to get everybody's buy-in on the movie. Yeah, and just like again, I think this is one that because Carrie Elwes and um, uh, Robin Wright—that's what it was. I couldn't oh. remember her name. That's weird. She's was listed uh... as the Princess Bride. <laughs> Even though her name is Princess Buttercup. Yeah. She's um, also like listed 10th under Fred Savage. Weird. As a character. And, <laughs> and under the giant. Um, well, yeah, I would put him at the top too. Yeah. Physics important. Yeah. They're also, all... my favorite part typically of uh, Andre the Giant documentaries, which I've seen like two or three of, mm. is when they actually talk about his role in The Princess Bride as Fezzik. <laughs> he was, I mean, he was great in the movie too. Everybody. Yeah. But uh, this was kind of like Carrie Elwes and Robin Wright's like, Breakout. Like, I don't think Rob... I think this is one of Robin Wright's first credits. I think according at least to the uh, uh, the book that Carrie always wrote. Well, let's find out. Um, Third credit on IMDb. Yeah. The Yellow Rose as a TV series. Then she was in Hollywood Vice Squad. And then Princess Bride. So, one of her earliest. I think this is one of Carrie Elwes' earliest. And it's just... It's such a fun movie. This is another one that if it's just on in the background... Uh-huh. Like anywhere, you can pick this up immediately and start watching and enjoying it. Carrie always has been in a lot of shit, apparently. Well, I mean, it was still his one, fifth, two, three, four, five, six, Sixth. seventh role. So, whatever. So, uh, <laughs> he so, was in a movie still... called The Bride. Interesting. <laughs> Not related to the Princess Bride. Nope. But uh, it's it's fun. It's got a lot of it. A lot of action, but it's also it's all like that old classic like swashbuckling, like Hollywood action. Yeah. Um, and you know what's funny? A lot of it you can like really tell is on a Hollywood set. Yes. But it kind of plays into it because he's telling it in like a storybook. Yeah. 
So, like, I don't even, like, some of it's, like, oh, yeah, this is, like, on a set. Like, when they're fighting at that, like, abandoned, like, castle top at the mm. top of the Cliffs of Insanity. The yep. Cliffs of Insanity! Yeah. No. yeah, I know. I just wanted to say it. Gotcha. <laughs> but when they're fighting up there, like, it feels very much like a set. But it kind of makes it feel almost like a play a little bit. Mm-hmm. Which works which, because it's a storybook. Also, one of my favorite points about that, because Carrie always, throughout the book, talks a lot about that fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. And how basically it's like if they weren't, if him and Mandy Patinkin weren't filming, they were training with the the fencing instructors Hmm. to choreograph the scene. It's like if they weren't on set, that's what they were doing because they had to get this down. And And it showed. Well, but when uh, they finally showed it to Rob Reiner, like when he was ready, they had done it so much and had gotten it down so pat, it was way shorter than what he wanted. So they had to add, I think, almost like the exact same lengths worth of fight to the oh, end of the fuck. fight. They so they had to because cor- they had it so smooth. Yeah, they had it so smooth, and they had it. They had it all down so quick that they had to add more to the fight. It was probably only the length them. of when they reveal that one of them's not left-handed. I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it was yeah. probably if they had to like add that much to it. Because- that actually might be when they like them. I bet. You, I wonder if that's not when that got added. Is like. It's like I'm not left-handed. Now we can fight more. Right, right. Um, I don't. I I think he says in the scene when, but I don't remember. But yeah, like they had they had it down so because it's them doing it. The only time I think they used the stunt double is when Carrie always or when uh, Wesley oh, okay. does like the the flips on the bar. Uh-huh. It's the only time they had a stunt double for that whole fight. It you was tell me Carrie always couldn't do that. Apparently not. <laughs> Why wasn't he training for that shit? God damn it, Carrie. <laughs> Because it's near the end of the fight and they didn't have time to train him for that part. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, that's such a great moment in the movie. Mm-hmm. This is another really quotable movie. Again, you got Inconceivable. Uh, Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father, prepare to die. Right. Um, well, and like, so that, when he uh, fights Fezzik, hmm. and then the, the battle scene of with the wits. Fizzini, Yeah, the battle of wits. Like, each one of those points is supposed to illustrate just how like strong, smart, and skillful that uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts is. Yep. Carrie Elwes' character, and so like that fight scene, like it illustrates like all those things. Like he's skillful, he's smart, and he's strong. And like it's such a big thing. It sets up for who everyone perceives his character to be yeah. for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Is is all of the, I mean all three of those too, especially that's why. Uh, Inigo and uh, Fezzik seek him out to help. Right, because, well, Fizzini can't. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but Fizzini's also the only one who's like a true asshole. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He's... Do you know, uh, fucking... I th... Danny DeVito was supposed to be uh, Fizzini first. Hmm. I think it was. And uh, I could Wallace... see it, but I'm glad Wallace Shawn is. Oh, Wallace Shawn was afraid he was going to fuck it up. Like he, oh, really? yeah, he's like Danny DeVito would be so much better at this than I would be, and he, he was might like be the most quoted person for this movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> and and he was terrified that he was just gonna like not play the role right and everything. That's funny considering how small it is, but I mean how important it is to yeah. the like the like the Everyone. lore of the movie, I guess. Yeah. Just like he's so great. <laughs> Wait till I get going. That's what the line was. I was going to say. Where was I? Australia. Yes, Australia. (laughs) 
I love his fucking character. Yeah. And like when I realized that that's also the voice of Rex from Toy Story, that blew my fucking mind. Yep. <laughs> well, Sean is a very uh, uh, distinguishable voice. Ooh, and uh, Bob's boss from The Incredibles. Yeah. I'm not happy, Bob. Not happy. <laughs> Wanna know why I'm not happy? Why are you not happy? <laughs> that woman out there is getting mugged. Well, let's hope she's not one of our customers. <laughs> yeah. uh, listen to me when I'm talking to you, Par. <laughs> that was actually not a bad uh, well shown. Thank you. Yeah, it's just the Par part. Yeah, par. Still, still worked. <laughs> um, yeah, but I totally agree. Princess Bride is probably a perfect movie. It's definitely one like I can watch. Like, oh, I showed it to Kate, and she fucking loved it too. It was. It, it's one of those movies where you get excited to show someone who hasn't seen it before. Yeah. You're like, fuck, you're about to see something great. Well, and this and is one of those movies where you, when you show someone, you like, like, at the funny parts, you look over at them to make sure they're laughing. Uh, uh. And like, you get excited to like, be like, yeah, so that's what that quote's from. Like, you've probably heard me say that, right? Like that, that's the yeah. joy of this movie too. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. And this is one that as soon as it's done, mm. this is one of those, there's, I think, couple on here for me where as soon as it's done I could start it again and watch it again yeah. like that's how damn good and rewatchable this movie is it's also a great rainy day movie yep. like, if, like if you're stuck in the house like Fred Savage's character is and like, you're like fuck just whatever like you can put it on the TV and like just do whatever the fuck you gotta do in house and just walking through the rooms watching the princess a great movie. movie for that too whenever you come in right yeah till it's just one of those movies you can watch at any point. It's a great DVR movie. It's yep. like, oh, fuck, we got The Princess Bride recorded. Fuck yeah, let's watch it. Yep. <laughs> also, sorry, I just remembered another piece of trivia again from the, the book. Uh, apparently the scene with uh, Billy Crystal. Yeah, uh, where the, Max with the Miracle Worker. Miracle, Miracle Max. Um, apparently, well, first, uh, Rob Reiner and the, uh, the DOP had to be removed from set and like put in a remote location to watch the scenes because they were laughing so fucking hard it was ruining <laughs> takes. Okay. Um, and then apparently uh, Mandy Patinkin actually broke a rib trying not to laugh on set. Um, what? How can yeah. you break a rib trying I don't not know. to laugh? Good. Well, I mean, what if you're laughing, abs does he have that he like flexed him and snapped his own rib? <laughs> this is this. This is what I have heard. Allegedly, Mandy Patinkin broke a rib. All right. Trying not to laugh, to like hold in a laugh on set. <laughs> Yeah, that's another quote that's good now as an adult is, have fun storming the castle. I use that one occasionally now. My my mom used to use it a lot, and I didn't. But then, like, as I got older, like, like, yeah, it's a good one. There's a board game I found on Amazon at one point called Have Fun Storming the Castle. And it's a Princess Bride board game. That's cool. I haven't looked any more into it, but I was like, oh, fuck, that's dope. He's not dead. He's only mostly dead. (laughs) To blave, which we all know means to bluff. So you're probably playing cards with him, and he cheated. <laughs> Get out of here, witch. I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Billy Crystal's character is pretty fucking awesome, too. Like, before I really even, like, knew who Billy Crystal was or whatever, it's just, it's great. <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, you think they're going to make it? Nah, they're totally gone. <laughs> <laughs> it would take a miracle. Oh, that's what it was. Thank you. <laughs> I get out of here before I call the brute squad. I'm on the brute squad. You, you are, are the, the brute, brute squad. squad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one of the quotes. Like where I started, like being like, "Oh, it's 
it's hilarious when I start getting older. <laughs> it's like it's perfect. But yeah. This movie is just so. <laughs> Would anybody like a peanut? Another very quotable movie. Yes, this Tommy Boy. I think I think good ending on on a couple quotable comedies. Yeah, so go yeah. quote them to your friends when you're done listening to this episode. Yes, you fucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but uh, this is a really good podcast. This was. I'm I'm glad we're doing this, and I I look forward to other special episodes as well as next week's uh, part two of yeah. Perfect Movies. Yeah, you know it's hilarious. I really didn't. Peg this is taking a part two, but it's nice talking about movies that we emphatically really enjoy. Yes. Like, it, it, I mean... Plus, we've stayed on topic pretty well this time. Yeah, but, I mean, like, everything that we stray off topic for is to illustrate our point about the movie we're talking about. Exactly. So... Well, not on some of the other ones. Sometimes we... No, that's especially like, on this one. On this one, anytime we... Yes, I agree. <laughs> But, uh, the fucking Godfather podcast. We talked about that for maybe twenty minutes of a two-hour podcast. And uh, Evil Dead too. We t- at least talked about horror movies with that one. We yeah, talked I about fucking it. everything else on the Godfather one. <laughs> well, that's kind of also what happens when you have a guest too. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, all so, right. That's the end of this week's podcast, I guess. So yeah, part one to. of uh, the perfect list. Join us next week for okay. So how many? How many did we do today? All right, we got like, one, two. Three, four, five, six done. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Woo! <laughs> All right. Well, we're, we might need to, maybe we'll cut some of those. I was actually thinking I might cut um, one or two because if they're ones that you haven't seen, it's not going to be as fun to talk about them. True. Uh, let's cut Demolition Man. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That, that, it was a late edition. You know was, what? No, I'm going to leave it Demolition Man and I'm going to cut one of mine. Because okay. there's at least uh, one or two I know to cut. Well, cause, so we've done six. We should really cut four out and do a six and six. Well, I mean... We could discuss. They, whatever. We'll figure that out. But, uh, Jake, where can the good people find you? Uh, at Jake underscore Lavoie on Twitter and Instagram. Um, uh, we're also making a short film right now. Uh, you can crowdfund it on Indiegogo. It's um, at Roleplay Film. Uh, if you go to Indiegogo, you can look up Roleplay Short Film. Um, you'll see it. It'll have we talk about us in the description and everything. Um, and then uh, John, where can they find you? Uh, I am uh, at Rosendoom Two on Twitter, mm-hmm. Rosendoom One on Instagram. Uh huh. And then uh, tell them, John. You can find the podcast at <laughs> uh, at LTTS Podcast on Twitter. And uh, late to the podcast on Instagram. Jake That's is now going to... fucking con- right, you can. You know, I was going to say, and now Jake is going to threaten to uh, consolidate them. But then nope, not I'm done go- being a bitch about it. I'm uh-huh. just emphatically happy that we are doing something. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Like, even though we've got a small listener base, this is fucking fun. I enjoy doing this every time we do this. This episode revitalized me in oh. enjoying this, I would say. I'm glad. Not that I was, like, not liking it, but it is fun to, like really talk about shit we do enjoy yeah because sometimes it is hard like uh what's the what's the one i think the big lebowski one i think is one of our weaker episodes because yeah, we're kind of, we we just really don't know how to talk about it for some reason but this week and i think it's because we're you know trying to nail as many movies into this as we can mm-hmm. that we're you know picking up the pace and i think that's helping with the, the the flow of conversation yeah and helping to jog memory about other shit too yeah so this is this has been a good episode. Uh, I would definitely say probably look forward to more episodes like this, not yeah. perfect movie ones, 
Uh, but maybe a list special of an episode. Exactly. Special episodes. That we, you know, this is obviously being our first test one, too, like this. Probably not. Don't necessarily always expect them to be two-parters. Right, yeah. Um, this one just kind of happened. This one really caught us off guard. <laughs> yeah, this was our first time. And, we, like, I came in, I had three movies, and I asked... Uh, I had fucking Jim. nine. <laughs> yeah, you had nine. I'm like, fuck. So I had I came up with another three. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, we'll uh, and we're, we'll we'll cut maybe cut a couple, uh, and then also you know any future ones we'll plan slightly better. Well, because the ones that I'm gonna cut, they're ones you haven't seen, and we can save those for actual like episodes. late to the show episodes. Yeah. So I would say look forward to a super a super bad episode in the future. Yeah. Uh, what was the other one that you pulled up that I hadn't seen? Um, no, seen Stranger Than Fiction. Uh, Man from Uncle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll cut those. Which I own. I own Man from Uncle on Blu-ray. Oh, fuck, really? Yeah, and I, I just didn't watch it. I bought it from Mariah at, at the garage sale. You um, bought it for her or from, from her? From her. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. that must have been her dad's so. Yeah. Uh, so I own that. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen Superbad. Um, yeah. All right, then. So look forward to those episodes in the future. Yep, and more episodes like this in the future as well, sporadically. Yeah. All right. Well, tune in next week for episode two of the list of perfect movies that okay movies we consider perfect. Yeah. I'll just uh I'll bookend it that way. Yep. All right, guys. Uh, peace out. Don't be late. Oh, boy. <laughs>